So earlier this week, um, Elmo, you all know Elmo, right? Little red fuzzy monster. Yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> so he posted to X. Uh, I thought about doing this in an Elmo voice, but I thought better of it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tabitha would murder you. <laughs> and then you would be the same color as Elmo. Yeah, fair enough. So, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote, uh, Elmo is just checking in. How is everyone doing? Or how is everybody doing? Um, answers were not spectacular. Um, this one, uh, I, this one really uh, spoke to me. Elmo, each day the abyss we stare into grows a unique horror, one that was previously unfathomable in nature. Our inevitable doom, which once accelerated in years or months, now accelerates in hours, even minutes. However, I did have a great good grapefruit earlier. Thank you for asking. So, my question for you, how are you doing? Um, Tabitha, let's start with you this week. Ooh, um, <laughs> if you had asked me any day but today, I would have been like, man, I'm fine, you know suffering along as we all are however for some reason today i like woke up on the wrong side of the bed and i told mitch at like 9 a.m that i was ready to flex my make somebody cry muscle so (laughs) i didn't do that yet so beware (laughs) (laughs) i like how nutset looks at nutset looks at me it's gonna be one of us (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a long night (laughs) um really the only answer i can give is what every Midwestern white person says, I live in the dream. <laughs> Lydia. I mean, I can't really give an honest answer right now because, you know, I don't know who listens to this and kind of need to keep my job at the moment. Um, <laughs> so instead, I'm going to go with, I don't know if you've seen the uh, other Elmo that floats around like Facebook that is uh, not, not quite so nice as to ask about your day, but uh, I- I'm just imagining him saying, you know, you're having a bad day. Just remember, some out somewhere out there, there's a dumbass pushing a door that uh, says "pull." So, <laughs> and finally, Matt. Uh, that the the response that you read minus the grapefruit sounds pretty realistic. Not a grapefruit friend. Not a. <laughs> nope. Thank you. <laughs> None of Matt's friends are grapefruits. No. <laughs> Not a that... grapefruit friend in sight. That was a mouthful. I don't know how you said that. That was impressive. Even slowly. What? Grapefruit, grapefruit friend. friend. <laughs> grapefruit friend? Although I guess we both just did. <laughs> I feel like that's a tongue, unintentional tongue twister, but we all just said it successfully. So Grapefruit friend. I can't say it. <laughs> you, got, you got too many f-f-f's in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. So, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, Let's open up the pull list. What's on our pull list this week? And first book we're going to talk about tonight is Jill and the Killers. It's out now from Oni Press, written by Olivia Quatero Briggs with art by Roberta Ingranata. 
So Jill Estrada is finally returning to school after the unsolved disappearance of her mother. Uh, while she was gone, her friends have become obsessed with true crime podcasts, shows, you name it, uh, including Box Killers, a subscription game that gives consumers a different unsolved crime each month that is tailored to the life of its players. Uh, in an effort to reconnect with her friends, Jill jumps in, but the crime they start to solve might be just a little too real. Um, I really enjoyed the majority of this book. My biggest complaint, um, was that there were times where, like, some of the main characters would use slang that very much was, hey, fellow kids. Um, it was almost like they were trying too hard. Outside of that, I love the premise of this story. Uh, I loved uh, the humor. Um, there is a part with, I will go ahead and say for right now, a fake foot that was <laughs> phenomenal um, once we get to the uh, uh, to that punchline. Um, but yeah, like it, I can tell from this first issue, this book is going to have a lot of heart. It's got, it's got humor it's got action it's got kind of like some suspense um yeah i just i really i really truly enjoyed this uh tabitha what'd you think um i also had the same issue with the dialogue of the characters like i thought this was gonna like i read the synopsis i looked at the cover art and i was like this is gonna be wonderful this is gonna be 100 percent my jam and then they started talking and i thought i was having a stroke i'm like what what does that mean? That word doesn't make sense there. And like the the dialogue was very like very very uh hip. Like the hip that I broke realizing how old I was cuz I can't <laughs> read this comic, but that's fine. Um I really really enjoyed it. Like I really liked the friendship and I liked the mystery, but I feel like the theme of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about this week is like what like how like these kids are like we're so interested in true crime and we've like listened to all these true crime podcasts but you don't recognize a fake quote-unquote foot like i what <laughs> like <laughs> it was just uh the oh my god we're so dumb moments were just very annoying to me so i would like to see where this goes but i don't know that i'm willing to weed through the very strange dialogue to get anywhere before i get to matt um you did kind of remind me uh of something i just wanted to point out complete total non sequitur but i don't typically read the synopsis before um before i read the comic so i went into this because like jill and the killers sounds like a fantastic uh punk band <laughs> so yep. i went into this thinking that <laughs> it was about the, a band just the pussy cats. yeah yeah <laughs> So I was very wrong when I read this. <laughs> Oops. I got that vibe too, especially from like the cover art. The cover, exactly. On. Yes. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that, but it's it's true. It gives off that vibe, and that's not the vibe for this book at all. Um, I enjoyed a lot of this. Um, I also had the issue with the slang. I felt like that week that you asked us to define Riz and I had zero <laughs> clue. I felt like there were multiple moments where I'm like, 
I'm going to screenshot this and send this to my 12 year old and see if he can he can decipher this for me because I don't know what they're being what's being said. Translation, please. Right. Um, like the second half of this book, I really enjoyed as they got into the mystery and kind of realized what was happening with said mystery. Um, there were a few moments early on and almost up to the halfway point where it seemed a little confusing because you do kind of. As much as I don't usually have an issue with being dropped off in the middle of things, you are 100% dropped off, no idea what zero backstory is, and you get crumbs of this backstory. Um, And it takes until close to halfway through before you kind of really figure out what this backstory is and what happened. I would have liked a little bit more of that as a lead-in. You don't have to give me everything, but you got to give me a little bit more than a crumb. Um, Otherwise, I I am still interested to see how this unfolds Um, because I feel like we're getting into a a Scooby-Doo Velma type situation where um, these kids are going to end up places that they shouldn't be um, when the cops should be involved. And how is that dichotomy going to unfold? I'm really glad, like, listening to all you guys talk about this, because I only got about five pages in before I had to be both a mom and a daughter at the same time. Um, even the first conversation with her dad, I had to read, like, five times, because I was like, I- am I misreading something? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I'm glad that it wasn't just me from the five pages I read. How how can you tell that we're all really old? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next book that we're going to talk about is Bruce Dickinson's uh, The Mandrake Project. It's out now from Z2, written by Tony Lee, Tony Lee with art by Staz Johnson. Uh, Iron Maiden vocalist Bruce Dickinson has been planning the story behind The Mandrake, the Mandrake Project for about a decade. Uh, this 12-issue quarterly comic uh, accompanies his upcoming solo album of the same name. The Mandrake Project uh, shows the multi-generational war between the forces of science and mysticism uh, for the control of immortality. Um, Matt, I want to start with you this time because on paper, this sounds like this would be your bag. (laughs) Um, I had a similar issue with this one that I had with Jill and the Killers. The first few pages were confusing. I was lost. I wasn't sure where we were going with this. And then it completely changed direction. Um. And honestly, when it changed direction, I was more excited to see where this story goes than I was with just the graveyard scene that we got at the beginning. Um, I know that we had read that other Z2 comic where Bruce Dickinson did one of the stories in that Iron Maiden anthology. Um, I, I will admit his story in that anthology was one of the better ones. Um, so I can see story and plot wise that this is going to be pretty intense, um, and pretty well thought out. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm ready to see how this multi-generational battle, if you will, um, like works itself out. Kind of like you, Matt, I was really lost for a good chunk of this. Um, but I kind of liked being lost. I could tell that it was intentional. Like they really, 
they wanted to, you to know, almost feel unsafe. Um, my gripe with this book is really not so much with the book itself, but it's how they are planning on releasing it. Mm. Um, it's a quarterly, so it's going to be 12 issues quarterly. Um, they will also, I guess, have annual issues um, in addition to these, in addition to these 12. But it's going to span over three years. So <laughs> there are times like with, with some comics that I have issues like month to month remembering what's going on. <laughs> I'm having flashback to uh, Watchmen. Uh, oh my God. Was it after midnight? I 100% forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to forget about that. Thanks. Sorry. I still haven't gone back to reread that because I read the first three issues and then forgot everything else that happened. Yeah. But yeah, like at at the end of the day with this book, like, yeah, my my concern is that, yes, from, you know, from issue one to issue two with it being three months later, am I going to remember what happened? Hopefully the way they're, you know, with the way that they're doing this, a potential workaround, if this is going, you know, like, uh... If this is supposed to be like multi-generational, hopefully each issue is maybe for all intents and purposes standalone. Yeah. You know, um, that that may be how they do that. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see for issue two. But that said, after the end of issue one, I am ready to read issue two. Yep. Just got to wait a few months. It's fine. So let's go ahead and go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. Um, we've got six movies this week. Uh, the first matchup is Immaculate versus Roadhouse. Um, Lydia, let's start with you this round. So, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of getting overrun with these horror movies that are set in like this church setting i feel like it's overdone at this point and i don't really care roadhouse i didn't have a clue what was going on i figured it was just another action movie and then i realized what it was and then i got mad on behalf of my mother which then made me mad because <laughs> how are you gonna remake a patrick swayze movie with jake gyllenhaal like i'm mad i'm probably not gonna watch either one of these movies though so i'm just gonna go five and five because I have nowhere else to put my points. Um, Tabitha. Uh, Immaculate. Uh, somewhere between the religious trauma and the jump scare, I will probably enjoy this as like a fun, <laughs> like creepy crawly October movie. Um, Roadhouse is the definition of a protein shake. Um, <laughs> and I don't understand how Jake Gyllenhaal's acting progressively gets worse as he ages. It's very confusing for me. I am way more likely to watch Immaculate. Um, so I'm going to give it nine points and I will give Roadhouse one because there was a moment where it made me chuckle. Y'all, Immaculate is not for me. <laughs> like, I'm going to be right out of the gate with that. Um, I kind of agree with you, Lydia. Like, which I feel like every so often we kind of get this run of religious trauma horror. Mm -hmm. um and i guess which i get but right um 
but it just uh, it seems that 2023 slash 2024 this is this is now that other this next peak of these types <laughs> of movies um i mentioned when we were watching it <laughs> there was one point where there was like i don't know some like older nun or whatever she kept saying the word suffering and i expected her to say succotash afterwards and she <laughs> never did but i was still ready for it <laughs> um roadhouse this is gonna be kind of like um baywatch from a few years ago oh. it's gonna be dumb <clears throat> it's gonna it's gonna be a popcorn flick but there i enjoyed this trailer i think it's gonna be a movie that you can kind of like shut your brain off for a few hours and be just fine um i'm i'm kind of here for it uh yeah, so I'm going to give kind of opposite of Tabitha. I'm giving Roadhouse nine points and one to Immaculate. Matt. Great. I get to be the deciding vote. Yep. Awesome. Do not go five and five. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. Fine. Um, while, yes, I think we are in that, you know, surge of uh, religious trauma horror, um, this, this looks like it will be a good, fun October spooky movie. Um, that moment in the trailer where she's walking through the courtyard and somebody propels himself out of a window and just splats into the courtyard. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to chuckle at that, but that's like that. <gasps> and you just want to know what's going on. Um, full admission here. I've never seen the original roadhouse. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a Patrick Swayze movie period. Um, not even Dirty Dancing? No. Wow. Really? What part of Dirty Dancing looks like something that I would enjoy? I mean, I've never seen it either. So, so, so you can't. <laughs> but I just, for whatever reason, I expected you to. Like, I don't know. So wait, for once in like the runtime of this show... I'm the only one in this room that's seen a movie? Yes. 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 Lydia has not put Baby in a corner. <laughs> Guys, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, okay, regardless. Um, I, I, I don't think that Jake Gyllenhaal is a good replacement for Patrick Swayze, regardless of not having seen the original. No one believes that he's going to win a fight with Conor McGregor. <laughs> Conor McGregor should not be an actor. Sorry, I'm just listening to things that are wrong with this trailer. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, I do kind of side with Mitch that I think this might be that shut your brain off and kind of fun popcorn movie. Um, so I'm going to give. I want to be ironic, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to give seven points to Immaculate and. Three to Roadhouse. I wanted to give six to Immaculate, but <laughs> it felt like it deserved one more. So with a score of 22 to 18, Immaculate moves on. Um, just as a quick aside, uh, I kind of felt where you were going already. So like I, in my notes, <laughs> moved Immaculate to 
like the next round and then you started saying really good things about roadhouse and i was like uh-oh is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna throw me for a loop no uh, the next matchup is the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare versus Monkey Man. Um, I loved both of these trailers. Um, kind of like, kind of like with Roadhouse. Both of these movies are filled with action. Um, very, very different movies. Uh, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare is based on a true story. Uh, it's a World War II story. Um, knowing that part, like it kind of gave, uh, inglorious bastard vibes, Mm. but I watched about half of that movie and got bored with it. I don't think I'm going to get bored with this movie. Um, also Henry Cavill, what that tongue do. (laughs) Um, I mean... He kept sticking it out. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, that goes up against Monkey Man. Um, it stars and is directed by Dev Patel. Dev Patel is a phenomenal actor. Um, I've loved pretty much everything I've seen him in. Uh, it's off of the trailer. I don't know too much about what is going on with this movie. But um, he's a fighter who sometimes wears a monkey mask. Matt, jump in here. Okay. Um, So I did read a little bit of background on this because the trailer doesn't give you a whole lot. Um, In one of those Eastern cultures, um, the white monkey is seen as the protector of the society. So the mask and his persona is that protector. So that's why the mask comes into play. That's where he basically is. Like that's the role that he's playing in the film. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, I really wanted to give just go five and five because I really couldn't decide which movie I was more excited about after watching the trailer. However, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when we had, um. You know, when we had it on the TV and there were other like similar uh, videos or whatever, there was this other one that was calling uh, Monkey Man uh, Indian John Wick. <laughs> and so it has to lose a point because of that. <laughs> so I am giving Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare six points. Monkey Man gets four. Um, Lydia. So I actually came across the trailer for uh, Ungentlemanly Warfare uh, the other day, and I actually sent it to Kevin, which doesn't happen very often because, you know, I... <laughs> my reputation with movies is not that great. <laughs> um, I want to see this. It looks fun. It looks like a popcorn action flick. And I mean, Henry Cavill and Carrie L. Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, okay. Elvis. Thank you. I yep. I meant to bring him up. Like, yes. Yeah. It was a treat to see him. Yes. Like, <laughs> but no, it just looks like a lot of fun. I want to see this movie. Monkey Man. I mean, it looks like another action flick. It didn't catch my attention. However, it didn't make me laugh when he tried to, you know, run out the window and the window <laughs> didn't give. So for that reason alone, because that made all of us laugh. Monkey Man gets one, and then the 
ungentlemanly gentlemen get the rest of my nine points. Tabitha, you keep looking at me weird. Let's go with you next. I'm. Are you my grandmother? It was a treat to see him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so confused. Um. So all the things Mitch liked about Ungentlemanly, really long title, are things that I did not like, um, including the only time Henry Cavill has ever managed to give me the ick with that tongue thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was like, I was like cringing and I was like, oh God, he's going to shoot somebody. He's going to do the thing again. I, just no, make that stop. I just, no. You explaining kind of the lore behind Monkey Man makes it more interesting to me. Originally, I assumed that Ungentlemanly, long title, um, would be more my jam. But I think at the end of the day, I'm more likely to see Monkey Man just so I don't get the ick from Henry Cavill. Um, so I'm going to go seven points to Monkey Man and four points to Henry Cavill's tongue. <laughs> Matt. Um, Monkey Man looks like it's going to be a slightly different spin on just a standard kind of action revenge movie. Like it looks like there's going to be some lighter moments where yes, he runs into the window and it doesn't break. Like, you know, in all action movies it does. And he, you know, flies out the window and lands unharmed and keeps going. Right. (laughs) So there's going to be some of those moments, which I appreciate because so many of those, they're indestructible. Um, In general, it just looks, awesome it looks fun like there's great choreography the fights look like you're going to be incredible um i have this weird thing for guy Ritchie movies um lock stock and two smoking barrels um layer cake those are some of my favorite movies of all times and knowing that guy Ritchie is doing this ungentlemanly warfare just adds an extra extra point to that um i honestly don't even care that this is based on a true story um it looks fun it looks action-filled it looks kind of snarky um i don't care either way about henry cavill's tongue um (laughs) but (laughs) when you woke up this morning did you think that that would be a sentence that you would say nope this morning or any morning ever like i Nope. <laughs> um, I am going to go. It, this is a tough. This is a tough vote, but I'm going to go six for Ungentlemanly Warfare and four for Monkey Man. With a score of 24 to 16, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare moves on. Third round, we have Tarot versus Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you this round. Okay, I'm going to start with Tarot because I had seen the teaser of this and the teaser trailer honestly made this look good. The full length trailer, um, the tagline of this movie should be play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, (laughs) As far as the Ghostbusters movie, uh, I haven't seen the last one. Usually when they're, I don't like watching movies with kids. It's like the main focus. It just doesn't entertain me. Um, this one also looks like it is not going to entertain me. However, I will watch this one if only for those mini Stay Puffed Marshmallow guys, because I would sell my soul for those things. Um, I am very unlikely to watch Tarot. I am almost as unlikely to watch Ghostbusters, so I'm just going to go six and four. Six for Ghostbusters and four for Tarot. Here's the thing. 
I did not like the trailer for Tarot. Um, it was one of those horror movies that I am not here for. Uh, that said, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, while we got new images, it really didn't tell us any more of the story than we got from the last trailer. All this to say, um, I am basing my points off of something completely unrelated to either of those movies. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like, was it... Gosh, it's probably been about a year and a half now. Uh, Not Seth and I went to a concert, and beforehand, um, there was somebody giving out free tarot readings. And so, like, we were like, sure. Um, the tarot reader, when it was my turn, well, okay, first off, Not Seth went first. And she was, like, doling out cards and was, like, basically saying that Not Seth was going to have the best life ever. She flips up over her first card for me. Oh. <laughs> Pretty sure that was a direct quote. And <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, others, uh, it did not get better. In fact, <laughs> it was so bad. She was like, you know what? I am going to reshuffle and we're going to start over. Oh Round gosh. two <laughs> was not any better. <laughs> So, because of that, Tarot gets nothing. <laughs> Lydia. Well, I'm sorry that you had that traumatic experience. Um, so, I I am that weird person that watches a horror movie and laughs at things that I should probably not laugh at. I want to watch this movie just because it gave me things to laugh at while also giving me scares and... I feel justified in laughing at things. Um, Ghostbusters, I I honestly wish this had been the first trailer that they had released. Because I remember watching the other one that they released a while back and having like nothing really good to say about it. This one actually kind of makes me want to go back and, you know, actually watch the other ones because I've never seen any of them. Um, but all in all... Am I going to go watch however many Ghostbusters movies there are to catch up? Or am I just going to watch a horror movie that I'm going to laugh at? I'm going to watch a horror movie I'm going to laugh at. So I'm giving seven to Tarot and three to Ghostbusters. Matt. So I had seen a headline about the Ghostbusters trailer that there was a villain or a cameo, if you will, from the original movies that reappeared in this trailer. I kind of expected all of the old old Ghostbusters. I even expected Janine to answer the phone, which huge thumbs up for that. Love that. I did not expect the ghost in the library to show back up. That was fantastic. Not at all what I expected. Um, I haven't seen the first one of this reboot. All the returning cast just makes me want to see both of these even more. Um, they're I don't know that that's that's a that's a childhood like part that pulls at my heartstrings. Like I remember going to a uh, a sleepover and watching Ghostbusters two. So like 
having these original Ghostbusters in just brings me back. Taro, yeah, play stupid games, win stupid prizes is spot on. Uh, it does get huge points for the monsters or creatures or ghosts, whatever, matching the cards on the mm-hmm. deck. That's a cool idea. I like that. Um, seven for Ghostbusters, three for Tarot. Did anyone else realize that almost all of these trailers are either horror or action? <laughs> yeah. We have a type. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with a score of 26 to 14, Ghostbusters moves on. So, in the finals, we have Immaculate versus the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare versus Ghostbusters. Um, I am giving Immaculate nothing. Uh, Ungentlemanly Warfare gets seven points. Ghostbusters gets three. Matt. Um, God, I hate math. Um, I'm going to give two points to Immaculate. Three points to Ghostbusters and five to Ungentlemanly Warfare. Lydia. I am mirroring you. Immaculate gets nothing. Two for Ghost, uh, three for Ghostbusters and seven for the Ungentlemanly Gentleman. And Tabitha. Um, I'm going to give five to Immaculate. Three to Ghostbusters and two to Ungentlemanly Warfare for both times Henry Cavill stuck out his tongue. <laughs> Y'all, why did we all give Ghostbusters three points? <laughs> That's a good question. I was just wondering how many times we talked about Henry Cavill's tongue in this episode. Too many. Not enough. <laughs> Says who? me i literally just said it about to give you the ick yes then <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about it i'm confused <laughs> okay so changing the conversation <laughs> <laughs> so coming in third place is immaculate with seven points uh ghostbusters uh gets 12 points and the winner of this week's trailer takedown with 21 points is the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. All right, guys, let's go to gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And we're going to start with Tabitha this week and talk about Argyle. So we got targeted by this in like a multitude of ways. So we got targeted by this in a multitude of ways. So I thought I would just talk about it this week. Um, Argyle is a spy action comedy movie with a very large cast, including Henry Cavill, once again, Dua Lipa, Samuel Jackson, and Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, It's produced and directed by Matt Vaughn. The film is based on book four of a series that the first book has not come out yet. Um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I need to know more. Matt. Wait, book four, but book one hasn't come out yet? That's a weird marketing ploy um for the movie and the book so i still haven't watched this trailer but thumbs down lydia yeah i'm so confused how can you base something off of a book that hasn't even had the first one come out yet what are you talking about thumbs down we also don't know who the writer is because it's a ghost writer what <laughs> um 
yeah, you all think this is weird. I'm here for all of this. Thumbs up. <laughs> I have seen the trailer. I am here. I'm loving this movie. So Millie Alcock has been cast as Supergirl for Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, Millie is best known for her role in HBO's House of the Dragon, a spinoff of Game of Thrones. Supergirl will appear in at least one DCU project before Woman of Tomorrow, which is still without a director. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways only because um, it's interesting how that her movie does not have a director yet. But that said, if you're um, (laughs) if you are casting somebody for a uh, (laughs) if you are casting somebody uh, for a whole movie universe, then it does need to be more than the director. But still, thumb sideways. Tabitha. Yeah, I what Mitch said, thumb sideways. Matt. Yeah, I don't know that I really have anything to add, but yeah, if you're gonna do them, if you're gonna do, going to cast them for the whole universe, then the rest of it is essentially irrelevant. So thumb sideways. Lydia. I have no idea who this chick is. Thumb sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let's talk about Rogue Trooper. Uh, so Duncan Jones, who's the director of the Warcraft movie, is doing an adaptation of a 2000 AD comic. 2000 AD did Judge Dredd, just as a background. Starring Haley Atwell, Jack Loudon, Sean Bean, uh, and Anwarn Bar- Barnard, who is from Gunkirk, Dunkirk and Goldfinch. So gene- genetically modified, blue-skinned soldier. Um, the filming is complete. They're using the Unreal 5 engine for graphics. A lot of people in this, I don't know, thumb sideways until we see a trailer. Lydia. Um, that's a lot, but my only question is, does Sean Bean die? Yes, probably. Probably. Thumb sideways. You said that this star or this features a blue skinned character? Yes. Not Avatar. I was about to say, (laughs) that alone should just be worth a thumb sideways. Um... Especially for me. Yeah. yeah. I, agreed. I have to know more. Thumb sideways. Tabitha. Yeah, I agree. I need more information before I can make any judgments. Lydia, let's talk about Gargoyles. So there is a 30th anniversary edition of the Gargoyles comics that is on Kickstarter right now that is actually backed by Greg Weissman, who is one of the uh, creators of Gargoyles. Um, there are currently uh, 2,850 backers, and there is currently pledged $457,372 of the 50000 that was asked for. Um, the One of the lowest things that you can get is one of the three volumes of this thing that is $25. The most expensive is 1500 for all three of the hardback copies with a chest. I don't care. It's gargoyles. This is amazing. Take my non-existent $1,500. I'm assuming that's a thumbs up. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, growing up, I was never the, nearly the Gargoyles fan that you are, uh, but still, you're happy, I'm happy. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Your enthusiasm for this alone makes me want to give it a thumbs up, so thumbs up. Matt. The only thing that has me not doing a full thumbs up is the $1,500 price tag. Apart from that, everything else says thumbs up. There are cheaper versions, though. Okay. <laughs> Tabitha, let's talk about Barbie. 
Um, Margot Robbie showed a ton of, like, up for a ton of press events uh, for the Barbie movie wearing iconic Barbie attire. However, they had a ton more outfits planned that we didn't get to see. Uh, Lucky for us, Mattel and Rizzoli New York are publishing the Barbie World Tour show. Um, that's going to um, show us the works that were put together by Ruby and her stylist, Andrew Muckmull, but we didn't get to see them. The book releases March 19th and is up for pre-order now. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I think it's great that we're going to see more of those outfits. Matt? Uh, I'm also going to agree that the, 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 the outfits and the costuming in the movie were very well done. So to see more of that, even in book form, I think this is a good thing. So thumbs up. Lydia. The more I see about this movie in general, the more I want to see it. And I've seen a lot of pictures of her uh, outfits that she's done for the different things. And I want to see more. So yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. I don't think that this is something that I will personally buy or anything like that. But that said, this is still a really cool idea. Um, but yeah, so definitely thumbs up. So we're going to talk about some comics here for a little bit. Um, so we, we talked a few episodes back about an interesting cover to X-Force number 48 by John Cassidy. Um, you guys all remember what I'm talking about. Yep. So issues with this variant cover have hit eBay uh, with one copy selling for $27 and multiple others selling for $25. Uh, fine. I'll, no, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Um just because this is the 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 hot book at the moment because of how awful it is the cover i don't know about the book itself tabitha i mean good job for those people who got it and can hustle it on ebay i guess i'm really worried about the guy who's selling it for 27 dollars though and not 25 so thumb sideways matt 27 is a very specific number that's like when you're like i'm gonna arrive at 317 ish what <laughs> Um, 27 is just so obscure and random. Um, you're right. It's the hot issue at the time. It's not going to hold that value. Thumbs down. Lydia. Good for that guy for being stand out from the crowd. I appreciate your efforts, sir. However, I'm still confused about this cover in general. So thumbs down. Matt. Um... I was going to try to be funny and say, let's go to wherever the F uh, hobbits live, but the Shire. The Shire. The Shire. Okay. Matt, let's go to the Shire. <laughs> Honestly, I'm probably going to leave all that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so starting, well, releasing on February 27th, current Amazon listing at $23 is an abridged version of the Hobbit in graphic novel form. Uh, with art by David Wenzel. It's 144 pages. It's originally published as three separate issues by Eclipse Comics. Um, they're saying it's a carefully abridged version of the story. Questionable, but at the same time, I think this would be a fun thing to own, so I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. First split second there, I thought you were going to say $144, and I was same. really concerned. Um, but Overall, this sounds cool and sounds fun, and it's all condensed into one little nice little gift wrap pile. So, absolutely thumbs up. We'll not buy it, but if somebody else does and uh, they loan it to me, I'll probably read it. And maybe this will be the thing that gets me into Lord of the Rings. Uh, still, this is pretty cool. Thumbs up. Tabitha. 
I'm concerned about what they removed because there's so few things that you can take out of the Hobbit. Thumb sideways. I'm concerned, but I also want it. <laughs> so, a doctored panel from a recent, I believe it's Titans, but I could be wrong, uh, comic made the rounds over the weekend. Uh, the panel sees Superman, John Kent, and Nightwing. John says, quote, so I'm by. How about you? And Nightwing responds, I'm, hmm, I guess I've only dated women, but I mean, look at me. Seriously, look at me. I'm gorgeous. I'm an absolute snack. I've got to be at least a little queer. <laughs> well, that's not what the original panel said at all. Uh, former Nightwing writer Chuck Dixon posted to X uh, saying, quote, who wants this? Dean Kane of all people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> reposted it and said, no thanks. Uh, many people replied to the now-deleted post, uh, and Chuck responded to a lot of them. Uh, the fact that we even have to question whether or not this is fake speaks volumes. Current Nightwing uh, writer Tom Taylor weighed in. He said, uh, this isn't the whole post, but he said, hey, Chuck, th that's not the dialogue. Somebody's photoshopped it for the usual outrage nonsense. But I want to say thank you so much for all you and Scott McDaniel did for Nightwing. Uh, we've fortunately found a lot of success with Nightwing, critically and in sales, uh, but none of this would have been possible without everything you and Scott McDaniel, McDaniel built. Thanks. Giving a thumbs down to basically everybody in this story, um, The Chuck Dixon, Dean Cain, sit down, shut up. Uh, the person who made this post, like, they even admitted that like, this was essentially fan fiction. And, bro, like, that dialogue is awful. Like, <laughs> just straight up. Um, thumbs up, though, to Tom Taylor. He did that with an absolute class. Tabitha. Ugh, I forgot Dean Kane was a person, and now you've reminded me, so I'm mad about that. Um, I agree with you. Thumbs up for the response but like a thumbs down for everyone else not understanding also you're 100 percent right like if you looked at this and were like that's definitely the dialogue you're stupid thumbs down matt yeah i don't know that i really have anything to add that thumbs up for his response thumbs down to basically everything else about this lydia so all i can think is that this sounds like the Nightwing and like Harley Quinn relationship from the Harley Quinn series. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thumbs down to everyone's reaction. And yeah, them, yeah. Agree with you guys, <laughs> basically. Uh, a new Lower Decks graphic novel is coming out in October from IDW. Uh, Ryan with uh, Ryan North and Chris Finoglio uh, attached to be the creative team. Uh, Warp Your Own Way will be a choose-your-own-adventure-style book wh where Mariner's choices have some interesting results. Uh, North has some experience with these types of stories. He's also written To Be or Not To Be, as well as Romeo and or Juliet. Uh, giving this a giant thumbs up. Love Choose Your Own Adventures. Love Lower Decks. I'm here for this. I just wish it was earlier than October. Tabitha. Yeah, those are two of my favorite things in one sentence, so giant thumbs up. Matt. The only reason I'm going to be giving this a thumb sideways is because I don't know that I'm going to be able to read a Lower deck story without their voices. Like, that just is part of who they are. So, yeah, thumb sideways. Lydia. I really have no frame of reference for Lower Decks. I'm also not sure how a choose-your-own-adventure book works. Like, a game makes sense, but a book make confuses me, so thumb sideways. Have you ever read a choose-your-own-adventure book? 
Apparently not. What? Oh my god. I, like I said, I played games, but we the idea of a book one. confuses me. I'll find you one. Okay. That yeah. you'll like. It will change your life. Truly. The shittiest eyes. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking about the ones that I thought Lydia would like. Sticking with Star Trek, uh, filming has begun for the Paramount Plus movie event, Star Trek Section 31. The announcement came via social media with a picture of star Michelle Yeoh behind a clapperboard, as well as pictures of newly announced cast members, including Omari Hardwick, uh, Casey Roll, and Sam Richardson. Uh, Section 31 sees Yeoh's Empress Giorgio, who came from the uh, who came to the main Trek universe from the Mirror Universe, uh, joining Section 31, a secret division of Starfleet that protects the United Federation of Planets in a more of an ethically gray area. <laughs> giving this a giant thumbs up. Um, I love uh, the way that Michelle Yeoh plays this character. Empress Giorgio is evil and she's she's a badass bitch and i'm here for it um i am so ready for this movie tabitha yeah you're excited i'm excited thumbs up matt uh this just sounds like one more reason to go back and watch all of these and get into this newer iteration of star trek so thumbs up lydia i don't really have a frame of reference but you're excited so thumbs up all right so matt and tabitha both uh, had some weird AF stories this week. <laughs> Tabitha did take the cake. Um, she has more of the weird stories. So this is now starting our weird story portion of Gut Reaction. Um, this is the least offensive of them. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about Japan's Moonlander. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know which one you're going to have me talk about. Um, so Japan successfully landed its smart lander, kind of. Uh, there was a small mishap, but it now righted itself all as well. Either way, this lander was sent to the moon to explore rocks and rock formations, and they have found six new rocks that they have identified and named. They have named the rocks after dog breeds. We have <laughs> Toy Poodle, Shiba Inu, Akita, Kai Ken, and St. Bernard. Um, first up to be analyzed is going to be Toy Poodle, and then after that is done, it is going to move on to the other rocks. Thumbs up. This is cute. Matt. Um, I like that. That's that's a fun way to do that. So thumbs up. Lydia. I like rocks and I like the moon and I like dogs. Hey! I collect rocks. So what? <laughs> um, no, thumbs up. This is this is fantastic. I, I love this. Um, also, as an aside, um, you can go ahead and turn off that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> also, as an aside, you may be hearing in the background um, some alarms. We are doing a new timing system with gut reaction. and We're not doing very well. <laughs> we're not doing very well. And this is giving presidential debate vibes uh, <laughs> where the poor, poor moderator is calling for time and the candidate keeps going. Um, Tabitha, we're going Unlike CNN, I will turn off your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, we're going to stick with you and talk about fried toothpicks? Okay, so there's a social media trend going around in South Korea where people are eating deep fried toothpicks. 
Um, please keep in mind that in South Korea, they are made of starch and not wood like they are here. But once you fry them, they end up looking like tiny little curly fries. Um, however, the safety of the starch has not been verified as consumable. Um, apparently, one of the ingredients is sorbitol, which is harmless in small amounts but if you eat a lot of it you can have diarrhea vomiting and inflation so the korean health organization has been like please stop frying toothpicks and eating them thumbs down we need to quit with these weird social media trends anyway for attention but this one just kind of takes the starch i don't know (laughs) (laughs) matt um at least they're not frying the wooden toothpicks um I'd probably try one of the starch toothpicks, but like one or two, I wouldn't eat enough that I would have medical maladies. So um, I'm sideways. Medical maladies. I love that. Lydia. I'm so glad that you uh, clarified that they're starch and not wood because I didn't know that there was a difference. Um, Either way, thumbs down. Don't need a toothpick. (laughs) I was on such a roller coaster of you guys are dumb with to oh you're not eh, they're made of starch it's fine <laughs> to they say that you can't eat it to they look like curly fries to why is everybody eating this? um thumbs down y'all dumb um matt let's talk about some tasty hot dog controllers <laughs> so as if we can't get weirder controllers uh, this company called hyperkin has announced partnerships with popular food brands to create themed food-themed controllers for the Nintendo Switch, including Oscar Mayer, Kool-Aid, Sriracha, Kraft Mac and Cheese, and Heinz Ketchup. They are translucent colored controller bodies with opaque faceplates designed and inspired by the associated brands. Here's the catch. They're $40 a piece. They're kind of cool looking, but thumbs down. Lydia. So they're not edible. Not in any way, shape, or form, and they don't se- they don't have sense either. Thank the gods. <laughs> either way, thumbs down. I would have given this a thumbs up if they were scented. Um, still going thumbs sideways. Um, Forty dollars is more than I would spend, but eh, somebody would, and that's fine. Tab hot dogs and hand sweat. What a Ew. tasty smell that would be. Thumbs down. Either way, scented or un. Like horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> that might be tonight's episode. Um, Tabitha, you have our last story of the night. Um, you can go ahead and put your timer away. Um, I have nothing more. What? My alarm is not going to go off in the morning after I've messed with this. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I can only describe this as a fish ATM. Uh, yeah, so a teenager in Utah is facing criminal charges after allegedly uh, taping fish to various ATMs around Provo <laughs> and also a cop car. Um, so between August and October, there, <laughs> there were about a dozen fish taping incidents. Um, he was charged... He was charged with two misdemeanor counts of property damage, mostly because it costs money to clean dead fish off things. Um, how he got caught is by posting each fish to an Instagram account titled Fish Bandit 84. Oh, so it wasn't by hook? Uh, the, the profile has a tagline of live, lap, live laugh, tape fish on ATMs. <laughs> 
and also promises that no fish were harmed in the process of the taping. Pretty sure they can't breathe, so... They were already dead when they were taped. So, did you go to this ATM and try to get some gold fish? Oh, Jesus. Holy carp. Oh, my God. What a way to rebel, though, right? I mean, I know people in Utah are probably really bored, but, like, are you this bored? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. See, my question is, like, what kind of fish are we talking? Because some fish is expensive. Either way, what a clown fish. Why fish, of all things? Like... Did, did... Utah is pretty landlocked. I mean... Yeah, where do you get the fish? Yeah, sure, there's lakes, sure, but, like, I don't know. The thing is, though, like, if it is that landlocked, like, with some lakes, you actually have to haul the fish in in the first place to, like, start the breeding ground for there to be fish in said pond and lake and all that, so. Like, how much effort was there in this fish taping? And what kind of tape did he use? Mm. He used duct tape? <laughs> I'm counting that as a projectile shame, even though you held on to it. Yes, he appears to have used uh, duct tape to tape the fish. That's quackers. <laughs> I'm ending this podcast before Tabitha yells at me and hits me. And kills me. Um, maybe we'll see you next week if well, I'm still alive. The rest of us will see you. Mitch, maybe not. Maybe. Bye. Bye. That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>